Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Intolerance segment? Hey, yeah, exactly. Hamstring this is pole. a hamstring pull. That's a little fracture rib. Penn State Blake, grab a hammer. Because <laughs> during the commercial break, we're going to try something with Jay. Oh, boy. Uh, I was just, Blake's as a normal. general rule, uh, I yeah, would well, say. If I do it, then I'm liable. That's what if, if Penn State Blake does it, who cares? That's yeah. right. But we can get another researcher. Penn State Blake, so. Damien's on deck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Start the, it's, yes. like, we're playing chess or not check. Yeah, survive. Ball guy. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's got a good yeah, ball guy. Yeah. Got to have a ball guy. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. It's Wednesday. We got Lawrence Jackson in the house, guys. How we doing? We're really good. I have to tell you something, Lawrence, that like you're the fall guy for my fall guy. Just want to let you know, give you a heads up there that if something are to happen to Penn State Blake, and then I need to replace my fall guy because he's already taken a fall at one point. You're next up. That's cool. As long as I get to drink for free like Penn State Blake is doing That's true. Today. Penn there State Blake is. drinks for free. Because here's the thing. At some point in his life, Penn State Blake is doing 20 years Might for free. Might be soon. Blake. <laughs> I mean, Buckle up. I mean, you have yeah. no idea. Yeah, sometimes I get into, you know, I'll get into some, you know, traffic and road rage. And now that I have a fall guy. I mean, you know, we, we, we like, already been in the situation. When we first met in Vegas, we was already, you know, I was I was ready to go. That's a good point. I was like, hey, you know. Me and Lawrence almost got, got into do, it. You know, was, not with each other, not with, with each some other. others. No, no, no. We, we, was, we, we almost had to title match. There was yeah, a, we, Lawrence and I were with a group <laughs> of friends, and uh, there was a young woman with us, and there was just a very – a very drunk guy that was being way too aggressive with her, and Lawrence and I had to step yeah, in yeah. and let so him he's know already, he needed to leave. Yeah, he's already uh, kind of been the full guy in waiting. The very muscle. He, he, yeah, muscle. exactly. And then ultimately, he ultimately uh, moved on. But um, <laughs> Thank, thankfully, but thankfully. Lawrence and I were ready to throw down with this I, guy. I wouldn't, that that would have like ruined my career before he even started yeah, exactly. on this show. By the way, well, he would have been paid out by Matthew Berry. For right, you so, right. He did your own adventure. By the way, like. Did you just, like, home make of uh, Anthony Richardson jersey? What is going <laughs> That's on right. here? Are, like, look, I got to like, represent. I got to represent. Like, I know, but you it, couldn't just order one? Like, you had to, like, like jerseys and crafts? It's like, what's going on here? I don't, I don't like jerseys. <laughs> and this one got my name on the back. Oh, when I did it. when I did an Anthony Richardson video this summer, <laughs> I had the kids being Jonathan Taylor, who hopefully he plays, Michael right. Pittman, all the guys. So 
we just uh, made it fun. And no, I don't like wearing jerseys no more. <laughs> there's a lot, lot going on here. There's, there's, the, a there's the homemade arts and crafts yeah, AR yeah. jersey. There's the Player X kind of uh, LA, okay. LA Charger themed yeah, hat. You know, just look white on white. I'm like, a, I'm like a painter today. We ready to go. <laughs> That's right. We got a lot to do. Lots to unpack. We're going to see. Uh, lots yeah, lots to unpack with Lawrence's dressed uh, yeah, you know, appearance exactly. today. Exactly. But we're also going to get into Nico Collins and Isaiah Pacheco. will stay eating good, of course, as we always do on Wednesdays. Plus, keep it open or close it out on Daniel Jones, Khalil Herbert, and Zay Flowers. But before we get into all of that, let's jump into the Roto World player news. And for all of your player news, make sure to go to NBCSports.com. And we start with the topic that is Cooper Cup potentially playing in Week 5. We got to hear from his head coach, Sean McVay, on the Sean McVay show on the status of Cooper Cup. I think you said, was it champagne problems? Did we say that? First world problems? We, we did. You know, you got, champagne problems. Yeah. And, you know, because getting, you know, hopefully the goal is to be able to get Cooper back. You know, yeah. let's let, before we put the cart before the horse, let's get him practicing. But, you know, hopefully we're able to have him. And, man, you had another really good playmaker. Um, you know, and I think Cooper's done such a good job of mentoring Puka, uh, even though he hasn't been playing through this first month. And you see the latest here from Diana Rossini, wide receiver Cooper Cup is pushing to play against the Eagles. The Rams, of course, want to use Cup on those deep over routes, and we'll test it out to see if he can get close to max speed. The better news, I'm told, the injury was not as serious in terms of long-term as initially feared, which, guys, of course, makes the conversation turn to not just Cooper Cup, but, Jay, what about Puka Nakua as well? Very specific this. reporting on the specific type of routes that our Cooper Cup, yes. oh, they want him to run. I'll tell you, like, I'll just tell you this. As somebody who worked with Diana for a number of years and know her and consider her a friend, I'll tell you, she works. Mm. She works hard. Like, uh, usually, like, she has really good sources around the league. She does a really good job, I think. Um, so, anyway, my point is, is, like, as far as in this job, and I wonder if you, you felt this, like, when you were doing your betting job as well, like, there's certain reporters that, you know, like, that person's dialed oh, in, sure. and that person's, eh, yeah. <laughs> let me see if right. I can get a second source. <laughs> Diane is one of those people that's really dialed in. Yep, no, absolutely. And, look, in terms of Puka Nakua and, and how this impacts him, I guess for our purposes it doesn't really matter because you're going to be starting Puka Nakua. Uh, it just, it's a matter of is he going to be the guy who right now is on pace to break the all-time record for receiving yards and receptions in a season? Probably not. Is he going to be a borderline wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two anyway? Yes, I think absolutely. So I think that with the amount that they're throwing the ball as well, there's enough for two guys to eat in this offense. Yeah, this could be a Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle situation, a Jamar Chase, T. Higgins situation. Certainly uh I think from last year. <laughs> last year, definitely. We, we got some problem with the ribs there for T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got Puka Nakua. I think you have ranked uh, five or six this week. I got him at six. I don't know if we'll be able to uh, rank him that high once uh, Cooper Cup is back going healthy. But having them both in the top 12 is definitely in the realm of possibility there. It is, and, and so I tweeted this out just before the show. Like, I quote-tweeted Diana's tweet, and I just basically said, like, and, and also the Pro Football Talk report that Cooper Cup has officially been designated to return. So they've started the clock. They've officially started the clock for him to return. So he will be back on the field within 21 days. Um, if he plays this week, I'm starting both. If Cooper Cup's playing for the Eagles, playing against the Eagles, I should say, I'm starting him. I will have Puka ranked ahead of Cup. But to your point, Jay, I don't think it matters. If they're active, you're starting them. 
And I don't know that there's a really decision, mm, should I go Puka or this other guy? Like, the answer's Puka. You're starting, you're starting Puka even if Cooper Cup is out there. And I think you're probably starting Cooper Cup. Now, I get, like, you may have, you may have like, Tyreek Hill. Because Puka <laughs> yeah. was a free agent pickup, like, you could have two solid wide receivers. I just, I don't know that there's anyone better than this guy right now. 32.5% target share. We've talked about 100 yards or more in three or four games this season. He's, him and Justin Jefferson are the only two guys with over 500 receiving yards so far this year. And... Yes, we believe that this offense can support. They're throwing enough. Stafford's playing well enough that it can support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. As Lawrence mentions, whether it's a, you know, it's a Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle situation, Chase T. Higgins kind of thing. You know, even Evans and Godwin back in the day. We've yeah, seen yeah. successful. We've seen offenses support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers, including an offense coached by Sean McVay. Like, there were a number of years there where both Cup and Robert Woods were top 20 fantasy wide receivers. Yeah, Brandon Cooks as well for season. I think the other thing, too, is that they're going up against the Eagles, and Eagles' defense hasn't been that great. No. Uh, real boy. Yeah. Sam Howell, future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Sam Howell yes. carved him up. Yes, from an, uh, the, to this point, uh, not identified Hall of Fame, but a Hall of Fame that Sam Howell will be a part of. They carved them up. The Vikings carved them up. This hasn't been an elite defense like it was last year. Avante Maddox is done. It just hasn't clicked for the Eagles. So I think that just with the amount that they're throwing the ball and how well Stafford is playing. Now, the sneaky thing is that Stafford is hurt and he's banged up. Seems like he's going to play anyway. If he's out there, I think you're fine starting both these guys. But to your point, the Eagles are a bottom five pass defense through the first four weeks of the season. They just haven't been the same. They really miss Avante Maddox. Bradbury has not been the same guy. Slay hasn't been the same guy. It it just feels like teams are being able to throw against Philadelphia. They're not getting the pressure that they usually do. You know, I mean, you know, they're, they're missing some guys. Uh, as well on the defensive side. But it's interesting that you bring up how well future Hall of Famer Sam Howell played against the Philadelphia Eagles because this is a conversation that we had just last week on this show, me and Lawrence did, mm. about Sam Howell and, of course, his favorite quarterback, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Adam, can you do me a favor? Can you just roll the tape here that we found from last week's show? Bad day at the office for future Hall of Famer Sam Howell. That, that, that old quarterback, huh? Whew, man, look. Still better than your quarterback class. Hey, hey, he wasn't in week three, <laughs> he wasn't in week two, and he won't be in week four. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. What do you think? Hey, of, you, I'm, I'm, I'm back in we, the positive. We, I, I I had a steak dinner, we, then we went double we, or nothing. We went we, to we even. Bet. Uh, no, no, we didn't bet last no, week. We you didn't bet. bet. With, you bet with your eyes. We didn't bet. We, it it Stop was it. unofficial. Stop it. You, you, got, you owe me a steak you, dinner. You owe you, me drinks as well. You should just on principle because Desmond Ritter was so effing bad in London. And <laughs> it Sam will Howell, be on just principle. And Sam Howell balled out against yeah, yeah. the Eagles. It, Don't make me send Penn State it, Blake after it, you. It, it just goes to show you what you did in the <laughs> NFL. take out your kneecaps. <laughs> I want my Applebee's steak dinner. Well, then you ain't, go, you ain't going to have a backup fall guy. Right. It just goes to show you what you did in the NFL a week-to-week lead. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the NFL, which is a week-to-week lead, it doesn't matter. Come the next week ready to play. The man threw four picks the week before, came back. And to be honest, I think Sam Howell had the best game against the Eagles as far, like, against, as, far as the other quarterbacks. Those teams was getting blown out. Okay. This game was back and forth. The commanders are winning yeah, most yeah. of the games. So I give credit. But I guess what? what you- we live to see another day. All right, fine. Jay. Okay, here you go. Listen, 
Now we can Ritter play the Texans. Yes, sir. I'm with that. You want to get another bet this week? I'm with that. I'm with that. And you got the Bears. All right, there you go. That's right. Stakes up, baby. Stakes up. There we go. There we go. I'm going to eat good in the neighborhood for like a month. This is going to go on until Taylor Heineke comes in or which might be about half time. No, no, no. Arthur Smith. You like Arthur Smith, right? He's the one keeping Desmond Ritter in the game. Yeah, I, you I like him, right? I don't. I don't. Oh, he, all right, there we go. I don't like Arthur Smith. Yeah, he's getting more targets than Jonathan Smith and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Like none of it makes sense. <laughs> Get us out of this, Connor. We're, we're all over the place. We're gonna jump into the notable injuries we're tracking yeah, right now because it is Wednesday. As we get a lot of injury reports throughout the week, we already talked a lot about Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams dealing with the hip. I think the notable name right here, though, Matthew, is Kenny Pickett dealing with the knee injury. I mean, this could be a big deal for the Steelers' offense. I know Pickett has really, really struggled, but ideally you'd like him healthy and out there for the consistency. Right. I mean, like, listen, he hasn't been good, but I feel like he'll be better than Mitch Trubisky. Right. And just, you know, you feel bad for the Steelers' offense. We thought a lot of good things were going to happen for the Steelers' offense based on the preseason, based on the way Pickett ended the season last year, but that hasn't come to fruition. And no, no Deontay Johnson can't seem to get the running game no going Fryermuth. as well. Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth is banged up as well. And now they're at home against, you know, a red-hot Ravens team, a divisional <laughs> rival. That That's always – no, seriously. Yeah. Not, <laughs> that, that, because it's you're, you're, you're right about what you're about to say, but it won't be like that this time. Yeah, it's going to be tough. No, it's always tough. It yeah. doesn't – that's one of those, like – it literally is a – it's like an old – it's a college rivalry. It's literally like it's – it doesn't matter what the records mm, are, like yes. whatever. You know, Feels like Michigan Willis McGahee plays in every single one of these guys. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> no, but like I remember like when I – you know, I grew up in College Station, Texas. So, you know, Texas A&M in Texas was always like the big rivalry going up, you know, for records. years when I was growing up. And it didn't matter. There'd be years where A&M was awful but they always played Texas tough or vice versa where Texas was bad and AM was a top 10 team. And they, it's one of those games that it doesn't matter what the record are for those two teams. They truly hate each other. They always play tough. Exactly. Um, you know, that will be a very uh, hard fought I, I battle. But again, you'd feel a lot better about George Pickens, about the run game, uh, you know, about, I don't know, I guess Calvin Austin, if you hear your super deep league, like to use Austin. him, right? <laughs> you know, like you'd feel better about uh, the Steelers as a whole if Kenny Pickett won her center. It's really, I guess, Jordan Pickens when I think about I, it. I think it's a weird thing because Trubisky will give you, on average, a better level than Pickett has showed so far. But there's just no chance that Trubisky is a top 15 quarterback. And there is that chance that Pickett could eventually get there. I think that chance is dwindling. But Pickett has the highest ceiling. By the way, also, Ravens are minus four in this game, which is shocking well, to me. Well, that's like what that I was going to bring up. What, what you were saying about how, you know, and, and Lamar has had trouble with the Steelers in the past. Um but the, the after getting whooped by the Texans, the Steelers did. It's interesting to see that the, the Ravens, who just destroyed the Browns' defense, albeit yes. DTR through yeah. three picks, but, you know, they just did that, and the Steelers just did that, and now you have a four-point spread. That is very interesting, especially since we could be looking at money Mitch Trubisky making a start here. Yeah, and it's usually always close, but, boy, oh, boy, if – if Mitch were starting, I think I'd like the Ravens, yeah. given the points. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I think Trubisky might be better than the level that Pickett has shown so far. And it's still TJ Watt. That defense is better than the so one you, that gave would, up 30 you'd, points. You'd, you'd take the points and you take the Steelers? No, I just think four is right. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't feel great either way. All right, fair enough, right. fair enough. Let's jump into Who's Eating Good, presented by Applebee's. Of course, this is the time of the week where we look at some players that are on a hot stretch and really ask the, ask the question if they can sustain it. Lawrence, starting with Isaiah Pacheco, who's got the Vikings this week. He comes in as RB14 for Barry's Week 5 rankings. Pacheco 
had some big moments against the Jets defense on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco, especially these past two games, he's been eating so good that the Applebee's restaurant going to make him wash dishes. I mean, he's <laughs> running the ball like the rent is due, like he got the eviction notice. And the best thing about this is, fellas, his carries are increasing each game. He went from 8 to 12 to 15 to 20. He's been a top five running back the past two weeks, and he's doing it efficiently, averaging five yards on the ground. Now, he goes against the Vikings this weekend, who are the ninth best against running backs, but they're the second worst against receivers. So he's going to have opportunities in that game to have a third straight week where he gets in the end zone. So I like him now, and I like him the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I've been the 14th best running back so far this week. He's averaging 20 touches a game over the last two weeks. What's exciting, though, is also he's starting to get used in the passing game. Three or more targets in three or four games a season. He's got an 83% catch rate, which is not something that he was really known for coming out of college. Yeah. People were questioning whether he would have, as you like to say it, Connor, soft hands. I have to tell you, you know, when he just he runs angry. You know what I mean? Like, it's the best way I can describe yeah, it. You run, like you own something. Like, you better pay him. <laughs> you know, I, I think of whenever I see him run, I think of the, uh, you know, I think of the Mark Jackson. It's an NBA thing. But, like, Mark, you know, mama, there goes that man. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I just, I, that's the phrase that always comes to my mind when I see him run because he just, he runs so angry. I yes. love it. He's like the antithesis of Le'Veon Bell, who was kind of just always gliding and waiting for his moment. As Abe Pacheco is just the arm movements, yeah. uh, he certainly looks the part. Right. He's just like, I I'm not going to try to shift. I'm just running through you. Yes. And he's getting yeah. better. He done got better with his vision and stuff like that. That was a part that, you know, uh, he struggled with coming out of college, but now it's starting to... And it, they're it, trusting him more and more, giving him more oh, yeah. and more work. We thought this would be like a two, maybe three-headed committee, and it's really, it's the Isaiah Pacheco show. And I think as they get close to the playoffs, you'll see McKinnon get a little bit more worked in, but certainly here for the early and middle part of the season, it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco. And I like what you brought up, Barry, that he is getting involved in the pass game. They're just still haven't figured it out with the wide receivers yet. Now you're at the point where Mahomes is like, okay, Kelsey or running back outlets maybe at this point. Which that's is scary. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's great news for Pacheco. Jay, how about Nico Collins and the consistency he's had this week in this Texans offense in large part? C.J. Stroud just does not look like a rookie quarterback right now. And on top of that, Collins is getting the target share out of these pass catchers. Yep, number seven wide receiver in fantasy. To this point, Nico Collins, all the buzz has been about you know, Puka Nakua. Nico Collins is having a similar season to Puka Nakua, and he's been incredible. He's been the beneficiary of CJ Stroud being better than anyone could have imagined. Now, they did have another offensive lineman to go down, uh, so they are still give backups it. to the backup are getting hurt, but just doesn't seem to matter for CJ Stroud. He's having the best start to a career that a rookie quarterback has ever had. And he's been doing it against some decent defenses as well. So Atlanta's secondary doesn't really scare you. So, I mean, Nico Collins is just a locked-in top 15 wide receiver going forward, that type of range. I mean, nine targets or more in three of four games as well. At least six, six receptions, 30 yards in three out of four games so far this season. And he's third. This is crazy. He's third, as you see it there on your screen. He is uh, he's one of four wide receivers this season with multiple games of 140 yards. When you're on a screen with Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Puka Nakua, to your point, Jay, in terms of the kind of season Nico Collins is having, he's third in routes, uh, yards per route run this season. Ayuk and Tyreek Hill. Brandon Ayuk and Tyreek Hill are the only two guys ahead of him. When you're on that kind of list, when it's, you know, I mean, like, 
Uh, I'm with you on Nico Collins. Yeah, same. Uh, top 20 wide receiver. Yeah, same here. And I'm going to take, though, both guys. Yeah, uh, and, and I'll uh, add to this by saying, like, while the Falcons' DBs definitely won't scare you, they are top seven against receivers and running backs in fantasy. But with C.J. Stroud throwing the ball. That's because here's the reason. Because, like, Desmond Ritter's thrown so many picks, you right, don't actually get the right. opportunity so, to throw so, against so these look, guys. Because so look, the defense is Tra- on the Trevor Lawrence, them. so Jared Goff, he didn't light up the Falcons. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he didn't light up the Falcons. But, yes, Desmond Ritter was in that bakery handing out them turnovers. You feel yeah. me? So, so, yeah, so the Falcons is solid. But with the volume of pet, You know dad jokes is my lane, right? You know that. Dad jokes is my lane. I know you are, but I'm just saying, like, all right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm just messing. Texans, uh, they're the fourth best passing offense right now, but the seventh worst rushing. So yeah. that's how I expect them to do their thing against Atlanta. And when you look at this offense with Nico Collins, this is absolutely sustainable. I don't think this is a question at all. When you look at what Stroud did at Ohio State, he leaned on Marvin Harrison Jr. And I'm not saying Nico Collins is going to be, you know, what we expect Marvin Harrison Jr. to be one day, but he's a big-bodied wide receiver that you could throw it to him when he's covered. And Stroud is a guy that trusts his wide receivers to make a play. So you're already seeing him uh, earn that target share from the rookie quarterback that's been phenomenal. I expect this to continue. Lawrence, our last player here, Christian Kirk, who – a total dud week one, yeah. and that kind of lied to us because since week two, Kirk is wide receiver 12 on a points-per-game basis right now. He does have the Bills, which is a little bit scary, yeah. but Kirk has really picked it up since a disappointing start to the season. Yeah, the, the Bills is real scary, but what I'll find interesting is how it works out when Zay Jones there if he comes back this Thank week. Uh, because, like you said, week one was the dud. After that, the targets are, like, up and down, up and down. What helped him in week three was he scored the touchdown. Wasn't a lot of production, but he had the touchdown there. But it's solid. If Zay Jones is out again, then I would feel comfortable feeling like he could have another double, uh, double-digit point fantasy game. Yeah, I mean, he had a 40% target share last week. That's just not sustainable in this offense as well. He now, like, here are the positives. 81% of his fantasy points are coming from the slot, which is where he typically lines up. But it just, Zay Jones demands some targets. And so we'll see whether um, when Zay Jones comes back, whether it's, we know Ridley is the alpha in this passing offense. Right. And so whether it's Kirk versus Zay Jones for the number two, but Certainly for this game in London uh, for Kirk against Buffalo, I'm at wide receiver 24. So I'm as a high upside, mid-tier wide yeah. receiver three. Again, the, the availability of Zay Jones will impact some of that uh, as well. Buffalo is a good defense. They'll be aware of him. So I'm not ready to suddenly be like, yes, you know, all the concerns after week one and after the preseason where we just didn't see Kirk that involved because it was all about the outside of the, the field. I'm not sure those are gone yet. We need to see what happens when Zay Jones comes back. But as long as he's out... Kirk is very much a viable wide receiver three. Yeah, it's still weird that he had that week one and had three targets and one catch for Christian Kirk. But he did have the 14 targets against the Chiefs in a game that Zay Jones did play. So I think ultimately you're going to wind up somewhere in the middle where he's a seven, the eight only, target The only guy. point on that one, though, is is that the Chiefs specifically are they're bad against the slot. Like yep. that was that was, we talked. I mean, Christian Kirk was on my love list prior to that list because that's where prior to that week because we thought that's where they would attack again, like sort of in a neutral game script. Just if Zay Jones is fully healthy, just yep. does he get the kind of volume? I mean, again, he got a 40% target share last week. Yeah. You know, like this offense has been disappointing, too. Trevor oh, Lawrence, yeah. it's, it's kind of been rocky for him. 
Division's wide open, fellas. That mm-hmm. division's open. Yeah, I do think the Jags, I, I believe in this offense. I think Trevor Lawrence is legit. I think he's a top seven, eight quarterback in the NFL. And they just have this weird disparity right now where there was, their success rate on offense is very high in the top ten, but their results are bottom five. And that's just because they cannot convert a third or fourth down. That Chiefs game was comical. They had all these just, they were an inch away and they just could not convert. Eventually they will convert those plays. They'll stay on the field longer. They'll accumulate more yards and points. I'd be a buyer in the Jets. Their line right. needs to get better as well. Right. Yeah. That's, that's been one issue as well. It's just the line's been tough so far. Basketball season is almost here, and that means one thing. It's draft season. Get the Roto World Basketball Draft Guide, which includes all the rankings, player outlooks, and projections you need to win your league this year. Go to NBCSports.com to get your draft guide now, and use code HOOPS23 to save 20% off and receive a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. Maybe we'll get Matthew to sign a couple of those basketball (laughs) draft guides as well. All right, we're going to break. When we're back, keep it open. Close it out. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Well, I'm not satisfied with anything right now. Um, so that, that's collectively as a team. Are you and Daniel on the same page? It's like both ways. Like, is, does he understand fully what you expect of him? Yeah, I'd say Daniel and I are in, in constant communication. Uh, so I think we have a good understanding of one another. Uh, and again, you know, there's there's certain plays that happen in a game where, again, I'm not going to coach everybody the same, but I have a, a great appreciation for Daniel and how he approaches things. Start, sit here at the happy hour bar, and that was Brian Dable on the Giants offense, kind of the viral meme in football heard around the world this week. And why we were at break, uh, Dan Dugan that covers the Giants for the Athletics said – uh, Brian Dable just told him Andrew Thomas will not practice today. John Michael Schmitz, their rookie center, will not practice today. And guard Shane Lemieux will also not practice today. It sounds highly unlikely Thomas will play on Sunday. And definitely a question with Schmitz. Justin Pugh also won't be ready. So with all of that, the Giants' glorious offensive go. line that we've seen so far this year, Jay, 
Is it over for Daniel Jones as a starting quarterback in fantasy? Well, I think it is until they get a viable offensive line because we've just seen this season that there's just there's no ch- there's no time, there's no chance, and yes, he's making mistakes, but you're going to make mistakes when you just have no time for receivers to get open. And now he goes up against you know Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and, and Wilkins and all these guys. Like that is a real pass rush in Miami. The secondary has struggled a bit, but I mean you just get to a point with an offensive line where it just ruins everything. And until they fix that, I mean, do you see any hope? Connor, for some of these younger guys? No, here's the larger issue, too. They're playing Miami's offense that's going to look to get back on track, and the Giants' defense has been horrible this season under Wink Martindale, and why that relates to Daniel Jones and the offense is pass rushers are pinning their ears back against this very weak offensive line. The Giants are very pass-happy predictable, especially without Saquon Barkley, and Jay, it's just compounded into a disaster for the offense as well. Look, they he's been under 200 passing yards in three or four games. He's kept you somewhat afloat because of the rushing, but Zero passing touchdowns in three out of four games. 63% of Daniel Jones' fantasy points this entire year came in that second half against no. Arizona. I mean, honestly, like, this is – I'm a QB 20, and that's in a week in which we have four teams on a bye, Oof. right? I mean, like, so I'm going to close it out just to, you know, get back to the premise of the segment. I'm going to close it out on Daniel Jones until we see some improvement. And I'll just say very quickly, like, Jay, I'm shocked by this. I quickly glance at this the line in this game is 48 and a half i want the under in this game. unless they're thinking well, it's 48 you know how to unless you want to know 49 nothing <laughs> unless you think it's 49 nothing like i don't see how i don't see how the giants score because not only is the offensive line brutal but and, and daniel jones has no time to throw and we don't expect saquon to play in this game but also like none of their guys are getting open like, I mean, like, we haven't seen the development of Jalen Hyatt, right? I mean, you know, you see a moment here, too, from Isaiah Hodgins and Darren Waller. But honestly, like, you know, help a guy out. Like, it's just the receivers aren't getting separation. He's got no time to throw. Daniel Jones looks a little shell-shocked. Like, it looks – it doesn't look good. It doesn't. It's I guess bad. the counterpoint would be that Miami can score 21 fewer points than they did two weeks ago and cover the total by themselves. Uh, and just this offense is just so insane that they can get to – high 30s and at that point the Giants only need to get to 14 or something to cover but I agree it does seem a little high I just think this is this Giants offensive line situation is an outlier that is really difficult like they gave up 10 sacks to Seattle who don't have a good pass rush but the difference is the difference and I I realize that we're talking crazy numbers here the difference in the 70 to 20 game is that Denver actually moved the ball I mean again like I I know like well they won by 50 points but still I mean you know what I mean like as bad as Denver is that's at least a competent offense compared to what the Giants are and I just don't know that they need to put up the kind of point like in, I think as bad the Giants defense is bad but I think it's better than the Broncos defense yes, and, the, for sure. the, yes. and the Giants offense is much worse than the Broncos offense yep. again so you're talking about a 50 point victory I get it and it's 70 points you only need to get to 49 you know to cover this but I'm just so the line is 11 the total being what it is the projected score is like 30 to 19 I agree it's hard to see the Giants getting to 19 in this game well they couldn't get to one in week one versus the Cowboys <laughs> so what, what are we even uh, talking about but they, they got three against Seattle right three so that's Seattle. a that's yeah. an improvement there you go this Dolphins defense right is, is fifth against quarterbacks in right. fantasy but two of those quarterbacks was Herbert and, and Josh Allen the top two quarterbacks and Daniel Jones ain't them. He definitely ain't them with this offense around him. So there's not really much for me to add to this. I got him at quarterback 25 with the bye weeks. Right, this is right, going to get wow. bad. This is Dolphins defense pissed off. You hate him even more off. than I do. You hate him even Dolphins more than I do. Dolphins defense mad. They going to go get him. So yeah. obviously I'm keeping it. 
closed. Yeah, I had him at 20 just because I think they're rushing there a little bit. One last question for you guys. Just, mm. I'm just curious here. Um, because, as you know, the Giants are the only team in the NFL that has had three primetime games so far. Not where they've well. been outscored by, like, I don't know, 75 <laughs> points or something in those three. Well, anyway, so this week it's, you know, it's, it's a normal game. They play Miami. But then, next week, they play the Buffalo Bills Oof. on Sunday Night Football right uh -huh. here on NBC. And Can flex? Very exciting. Very, I don't think it's too early to flex, unfortunately. <laughs> We're stuck with them. But here's my question. My question for you guys here is just internally. And you I think the off Bills the cameras will win that second. Do you think, yes, I, I like the Bills to win that. Do you think when we promo that, when NBC does the, cuts the promo first this week on Sunday Night Football, are the Giants anywhere in it? Or is it just uh, Josh Allen, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, yeah. the Buffalo Bills on Sunday yeah, night football? Hopefully a Von Miller return. Right, Von, Von Miller comes <laughs> back, right? And just they don't even mention who they're playing. It's just all about, you know. That'd be, that'd right. be slick. Yeah, that, that's what they should do. <laughs> the, the Buffalo Bills against, we're not going to tell you who. Like, yeah. just tune in to see who they play. How did America let this happen? How did they give the Giants? It's not like the Giants were protecting the It's 11 win thing. It's tough. All I know is, is if we've got to figure out a way, guys, and let's put our heads together. <laughs> we're all company men here. Let's put our way, heads together and figure out a way to get Taylor Swift to that game. Because if she's That's at that game, number, over 27 million people watch, Jack, watch Zach Wilson. Yes. Again, I'm just telling you. That's what we need. Highest rated game since the Super Bowl, I, I believe. I mean, it was ridiculous, yeah. right? I'm just telling you. So let's figure that out. But uh, that's my question. We'll just be interesting to see what the promo people do with that one in week five. But we got a great game this week. We do. Dallas-San Francisco is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's, that's a 10, 10 out of 10. Our next one here, Damian Pierce. He's got the Falcons on deck this week. Lawrence, it's been kind of a tale of different weeks for Damian Pierce. Yeah. The good news is weeks three to four, he's averaging 21 touches a game. The production's been just okay, but the volume's been phenomenal. Is that enough reason for you to keep this one open right now? Th this one, I'm not going to go with it this week. Although he's running back uh, 26 for the season, which is actually a little better than what you would expect uh, based on like how the numbers have looked, how their running game has looked. Um, again, like I mentioned earlier, the Falcons are six best against running backs in fantasy, and they're coming off a game where Travis Etienne ran uh, 20 carries for 55 yards. Against, so I don't even – the Texans going to be able to move the ball versus team. I don't even know that they'll need to try to do it on the ground. They'll be able to do it uh, in, in the air. So, yeah. Like, I don't like that it took them 24 carries to get to 81 yards, and that's because they were always leading the Steelers by double-digit points. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it closed, close to them, but I'm closing it. I would keep it open just because Laramie Tunsil's coming back, Titus Howard is coming back, Correct. even though Kendrick Green is, is done and on injured reserve. At least they get those two guys back. They're two tackles, they're two best offensive linemen. And I just think that Stroud is good enough that he's going to be in scoring position and he can fall into the end zone. And if you've got a guy who's going to get 18 carries and has a good chance of falling into the end zone and also got a you know, decent reception last week as well and can be used more in that game, I think there is some upside for Damian Pierce. Back-to-back -back games with over 25 receiving yards for Damian Pierce, to, to your point about he's starting to get a little bit involved in the passing game. He's had two different games, uh, two last games with 21 touches a game, over 83 total yards per game. Uh, I think this is going to be, whether they're leading the Falcons, they're not going to get blown out by the Falcons. So I think in whether neutral or positive game script, Pierce is being used more as well. So I'm keeping it open. I'm running back 21, and your point about the offensive line getting healthy, them getting Howard and, and Tunsil back, I think they're both at practice today. Huge for that, for that offensive line and for Pierce. 
So not only do I think, am I keeping it open? Actually, I'm trying to buy low on Damian Pierce. Yeah. Also, I just think Damian Pierce is really good yes, as well. Right. I think he's a really good running back, and he showed that last season. Barry, how about Khalil Herbert, who's got your commanders um, coming up? And when you look at Khalil Herbert, he was completely written off for week four, and he ends up having his best game of the season. Is yeah. that enough hope to maybe make him flex viable this week? I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm going to keep him open begrudgingly. I'm at running back 27, so he's a little bit touchdown dependent here. Um, the positives of Khalil Herbert is he looked really good last mm-hmm. weekend. It felt like the entire offense took uh, took a turn in the right direction last week, not just Justin effect. Fields, all of it. <laughs> I mean, Denver solves a lot of, a lot of uh, issues there, but like he had more rushing yards in week four than the first three weeks combined. He got 78% of the team's running back rushes in week four. He played almost 80% of the snaps um, as well as you see it there on your screen. So uh, Khalil Herbert, who's had a double-digit target share in every game this season, which is positive. Like, they've kept him on the field when they've gone pass-heavy. They are almost a touchdown underdog to my commanders and future Hall of Famer Sam Howell. So that's the only concern here. But the fact that Khalil Herbert played so well last year in a game, uh, last week in a game in which they almost won and they should have won, and it's a short Mm -hmm. week, feels like... um, Feels like they probably dial his workload back a little bit because again it's, they're traveling on a short week. The game's in Washington, uh, but so I have him as a low end flex. But I am keeping it open. So running back twenty seven for me this week. Yeah, I got him at running back twenty four. Going to leave it open as well. And, and this is what I'm noticing here, right? So he played the seventy eight percent snaps this week. Out touched Roshan Johnson twenty two to six, which is wild. In week one, he played uh, Khalil Herbert played 36% of the snaps. They were getting blown out by Green Bay. Uh, Week three versus the Chiefs, 55% getting blown out by the Chiefs. His highest two percentages of snaps and gains is where they were in the game. That's versus the Bucks. That's versus the Broncos. So I think it's like, depending on how this game go, that's what will dictate how uh, Khalil Herbert is used. If I had it predicted, I would say somewhere somewhere in the 50 to 70% of the snaps. It's, again, he got such a heavy workload. Again, it's a short yeah. week and that kind of stuff. And, again, like, my commanders, jokes aside, are almost a touchdown favorite of this game, Jay. Yeah, they are. And, look, you hate starting your running backs against Sam Howell because you know that the other team's going to need to be throwing to keep yes. up with the great Sam Howell at yeah. all times. <laughs> Thank uh, you. And they are dogs in this one, so uh, potentially not game script friendly. Yeah. But anyway, so but we're, Lawrence and I are both begrudgingly keeping it open. Lawrence, what about what about Najee Harris, who's got the Ravens this weekend? Listen, Najee was being drafted, you know, as RB eleven in terms of ADP. Mm. Right now, mm. he's RB forty one in points per game SPN, on the season. Yeah. yeah, speaking of eleventh drafted running back, the Ravens defense is eleventh best against running backs. And oh, nice. Jalen, uh, not Jalen Waddle. Tell you. <laughs> Jalen Warren. Really good what, what was uh, Najee Harris's ranking? <laughs> running back 41. 41 in points Jaylen per game. Jalen Warren is running back 26 right now. So I'm keeping that close. And, and I actually have him. I actually have Najee Harris ranked as running back 31 this week. So that's me being generous. But he has yet to score a touchdown. He has yet to play more than 57% of the snaps. So. And, and he's not getting any receiving work. That's all going to Jalen Warren. So uh, I'm going to have to keep it closed this week, especially with them not knowing what's going to happen at quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's not a good matchup against the Ravens defense that is trending towards elite. I will say that Jalen Warren's not doing anything on the ground. It's all through the yeah, air. He's averaging right. 3.4 yards per carry. Najee Harris, quietly, 4.3 yards per carry. He's been more efficient. 
He did. He's, he's been bro- slightly less terrible. He's been slightly less I terrible. Think, I more efficient is no. He's been less yeah. terrible. He doesn't have a touchdown, which you don't love. Uh, as someone who is at this point kind of a touchdown dependent right. guy. Single-digit fantasy points in three out of four games this year. It's not great, but he's still getting the work on the yeah, ground. He's got, yes. he's got effectively double Warren's carries. It's just not a great matchup for him. So he's a guy I think you put in your flex and you don't feel great about it. Yeah, I, I'm closing it out. I'm with Lawrence here. I'm at running back 30 in a, in a week and when there's a number of running backs on by or banged up. But under five receiving yards in three out of four games, to your point, like he's not getting any work in this receiving game, so he does need to fall into the end zone to have any sort of value. I don't know what this offense is going to look like under Mitch Trubisky if he, in fact, starts. That's the expectation as we sit here today on a Wednesday. So um, uh, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm just closing it out on pretty much every single team except yours, Jay. In our show league, you should start him. <laughs> yeah. You I've should got start him. him. I've got him. I think I'm, I'm going to have to start him. It's right. more like Kendrick Bourne. The, uh, the bench is pretty thin. Uh, Connor, in terms of the Steelers' O-line, we talked a lot about the Giants' O-line and the Texans' O-line uh, and how one team has managed its difficulties really well in Houston and the Giants are a complete disaster. The Steelers quietly have an awful O-line this year. Do you think there's any hope that they can get that better and make the offense more viable? Not really, because how the Texans did it under Bobby Slowick, who D'Amico Ryans brought with him from San Francisco, is quick game, and Stroud yep. is perfect on his drops. The yep. ball comes out when he hits his drop. He has excellent field vision. He's very accurate. When you look at the Steelers right now, you can't say that about Kenny Pickett, even if it's Mitch Trubisky. You can't say that about <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And Matt Canada is honestly, like, this is harsh. He's one of the worst offensive coordinators in all the world. He got that burner. So, so I mean, no. Blame Canada. To be, <laughs> blame Canada. I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, no. I just, I don't feel that way. Uh, when you turn in terms of the scheme of the offense, this team feels like it's underperformed its talent violently for two years on offense. Yeah. There's no creativity. There's no. You, you look at a. I know the talent is different, but it, say look at the Rams game. Look at how McVay is using his weapons versus how Canada is using his. And I understand Stafford v Pickett, but at the same time, there's just nothing to hold on to in this offense right now. Yeah, I mean they're and they're also beat up as we talked about. I yeah. mean no Deontay Johnson, no Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you know, so it's just it's all a disaster. What I want to know is. The internet is so creative. Yeah. How has no one, how has no one taken Steelers lowlights, you know, and set them to blame Canada? The song from South Park, of course, you know, the South absolutely. Park movie, you know, blame Canada, right? I mean, like, it's, it's, an all t- it's an all-time classic. Uh, I, I absolutely love that movie. Me it's me a truly brilliant movie. The soundtrack is actually really good as well. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, there's a song on that soundtrack called "Blame Canada." And I don't know how somebody doesn't take that music. And Those are, it, that's the chorus. Play right. Canada. Right, <laughs> yeah, it totally over is. and over yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. It, you know. it honestly might have been done. We'll check after the show. Yeah, maybe. It just maybe. seems it's, too... It's, it's, it feels too obvious, but like I don't feel like... I feel like it would have crossed my radar if it had happened. Tough week for Matt Canada. Matt Canada and Daniel Jones. They're the two who are really struggling at the moment. Let's stay with this game, but look on the other side with and the Penn Ravens. And Those oh, are the three. Well, always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> in always struggle and yeah. Zay Flowers in this game, obviously, for the Ravens. Ravens, while he got off to a hot start in terms of target share and scheme touches under Todd Munkin here, Barry, it's, it's dropped off a little bit in recent weeks. And I think the most important thing is he hasn't found the end zone yet. No, he hasn't. But the, I think it's coming. Look, he's, he's had double-digit targets two out of four games so far this season. Now, I get it. It's been a little bit feast or famine because he's been under five in the other two games. But for me, so far this year, he's got a 28% target share on the season. Um, they are looking for him. Beckham is, is out. Bateman's banged up as well. Mark Andrews got off the schneid last week. I feel like this is the week where I think he can probably do it because, again, the Steelers' defense, as much as we want to bash the Steelers' offense, the Steelers' defense also not particularly good uh, as well. I mean, 
you know, the, the Steelers are 26th against the pass through four weeks. We saw the Texans have their complete way with the Steelers' secondary. I don't think they're going to be able to get any kind of uh, pressure on, on uh, Lamar Jackson. They'll probably keep a, a spy in to try to uh, limit his rushing ability. So I, I kind of like Zay Flowers as an upside wide receiver three. I'm at wide receiver 28. I get it's been a little feast or famine, but um, I'm going to keep it open. I, again, I think he's a wide receiver three with upside. I'm, I'm going I'm to keep it open as well. I got him at wide receiver 31. And just to add to that, what you said about the Steelers defense, they're, uh, they've given up the third most points to receivers in fantasy this year. We don't know if OBJ will come back this week, nor Rashad Bateman. And uh, Lamar Jackson only threw 19 attempts in week four. Now, part of that was because DTR was giving these guys yeah. opportunities <clears throat> for easy scores. So, I, I don't expect that to happen again either. So, uh, yeah, we sticking with them this week. They'll try to play ball control. They'll try to hide Trubisky is my, my I think. Don't you think? I, they I may not really work, but they'll try to. Right. People have tried to hide Mitch Trubisky for half a decade. Yes. <laughs> it's just kind of his existence. Uh, I think a sneaky problem for Zay Flowers is that Mark Andrews was back to being kind of Travis Kelsey, yeah, yeah. Mark Andrews yeah. last week, where he was mm. playing like the best tight end in football. But with Flowers, he is their number one wide receiver. And in theory, this offense is going to throw the ball more uh, at some point. He's the most talented guy. Question for you, Matthew. If you had Najee Harris and Zay Flowers and you have to start one as your flex this week, who would you choose? Zay Flowers. Okay. Well, I no, just, I just think no hesitation. Who? Najee or Zay? Yeah, Zay. I think that all Najee Harris joke, bashing jokes aside, I'd rather have a piece of the Ravens offense than a piece of the Steelers right. offense. That, to me, Najee Harris is entirely touchdown dependent. And Zay Flowers can get there without a touchdown. We'd like right. a touchdown from him, right. but he can get there without it. Because, like, again, they're manufacturing touches for him. They're close to the line of scrimmage stuff. There's no passing game involvement for Najee Harris. So it's close because, you know, you'd probably, if you were pricing it, you'd probably have better odds on Najee Harris scoring a touchdown than Zay Flowers, right? But... I just, I'd rather be part of the Ravens' offense than the Steelers' offense at this point. Yeah, and as inconsistent as Flowers has been, it's still 78, 62, 48, 56 yards. Like, he's still getting yards. It's just that the touchdowns haven't been there. He's been a bit reliant on big plays. The other thing with Zay Flowers, though, is that he's a rookie. He's played four games. He should right. get better as the season yeah, goes I, on. I mean, again, for the season, Najee Harris is averaging 7.1 fantasy points no, per game. He's had single digit in three out of four games. So, again, to your point, like, Zay Flowers just... 56, 40. Like, yep. he's got a better chance at, you know, double-digit uh, points. Agreed. Speaking of touchdown dependent, you don't often hear that with a wide receiver, but that is Drake London right now, who has the <laughs> Texans. It has not been pretty for Drake London in large part because of what he's dealt with in this offense. Lawrence, I mean, is there any way you can keep this one open? Because people drafted him mm-hmm. to be much different well, than they dra- they, Let's be clear, Connor. They drafted yes. him because Lawrence kept telling everyone how good Desmond Ritter was. And they believed in Desmond Ritter. They believed Lawrence. Drake London being <laughs> that, on rosters and fantasies entirely uh, Lawrence Jackson's fault. At that, more, don't lose. Please let him hear it. If you're Please, a fan, you get to explain yourself. I actually hear that after Zach Wilson's very competent performance on Sunday night, Taylor Swift actually gave the worst quarterback in the NFL a belt to Desmond Ritter, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, at, at this point, you cannot argue that. So last week I said this. <laughs> last week I said this about Jahan Dawson. Why would I start the wide receiver 75? Well, I'm going to say the same thing here for Dre London. Why would I start? the wide receiver 55 in, in, in fantasy, right? Uh, not you know, to, I don't believe he's scored in America this year. N- not to mention... Um, he scored in London. Right, correct. <laughs> not, not to mention the, uh, the Texans are second best against receivers in fantasy. 
Uh, 78 yards for Zay Flowers was the most they've given up to a receiver. Yep. Michael Pittman only 56 yards. George Pickens, 25 yards. Christian Kirk, 54. And Calvin Ridley, 40. So I'm not starting a guy who averages 31. In so, nah. In games in which he doesn't score a touchdown, and again, I don't believe he's, uh, he's scored a touchdown in America this year, he's averaging 2.6 fantasy points per game in games in which he doesn't score a touchdown. He's got a 50% catch rate this season. Maybe that's on him, or maybe it's just because Desmond Ritter just can't throw it anywhere close <laughs> to him. Uh, Lawrence, I just have three words for you. I have three words for you and three words only for you. Heineke. I will Those say, are my three I, words. I, I, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. And this is, you yeah, know, I'm closing I, it out on Drake London, obviously. Yeah, got to clo- close, close it out. Close I out. will he's, say this. My wide receiver 41, and that was being generous. Yeah, me, yeah same ranking, yeah. and that is definitely generous. Uh, Drake, Drake London was a, a, a couple of tippy toes away from coming down with a second touchdown in the second half, but yeah. he, could, he couldn't come down with it, so – that would have, you know, boosted him a little bit, but I still would have closed it this week, even if he had that. I'm glad you brought that up, Lawrence. I think you were the only person in America still watching that game after what Desmond Ritter subjected everyone to in the well, first Well, he had a good second half. See, nobody knows <laughs> when, that. When the game <laughs> nobody was, knows that. The game so, hey, we just like to work with what we saw last. Let's just head on into Houston. I wouldn't be starting Drake London this week, but I would be buying low on Drake London because, again, it's like the Zach Wilson thing we talked about last week. Either Ritter is going to get better or he's not going to be the quarterback. It's going to be Heineken. And Heineke showed in Washington that he can support fantasy quarterback wide receivers. Like all jokes aside, Drake London's a talented wide receiver. Like he's a talented young player. He's just handcuffed entirely by the slow-paced, run-first nature of this offense and a quarterback that just isn't there right now. Yes, Heineke will be inconsistent, but he, whether it's been Terry McLaurin or others, he has supported fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Like Heineke can throw. Like he's, he's not scared to sling it. Heineke's problem is he throws interceptions. That's Correct. his problem, which for fantasy purposes is kind of okay for your wide receivers. Ritter's problem is that he can't throw it to anyone, really, at the moment, outside of Jaguars. I will say this, yeah. too. Though yes, he Ritter did throw that good pass to Drake London where he didn't get the toes down, but he should have had three picks in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. He had Matt Hollins deep. He underthrew it. Hey, who we got next? <laughs> Last one here, Jordan Addison. Jay, Jordan Addison kind of on a milk carton after no catches on one target last week against Carolina. Yeah, it's tough. And look, I think that he was very dependent on big plays in the first couple of games, but his targets were going up. So I would just write this one off. Very weird game against Carolina. I think the Chiefs with the total that high, they'll need to throw. I still think he's the wide receiver too. For he only got one target in that game, but by the way, that one target, if you watch the game, like it was a long, like he was wide open and just Cousins missed him. Like Cousins hits him and it's one big play. Play yep. for 60 yards, right. which again, it's a little bit of his game, but again, like I just, I think the narrative's slightly different on him. This game against the, the Chiefs is the highest over under on the slate. Like, yep. I want as much of this game as possible. I'm keeping it open on Jordan Addison as well. I think he's, you know, wide receiver 3 4 in that range with some upside. There's going to be some variance there, but like, again, I prefer him over KJ Osborne for the number two wide receiver on the Vikings. Yeah, just real quick, I'm going to leave it open. Lazard and Garrett Wilson last week combined for 12 catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown against the Chiefs. Like you mentioned, highest over under 53. I'm going to leave it open as well. Crush your Sunday scaries next weekend with the best remedy possible, Sunday Night Football. Check out NBCSports.com slash ScaryGoodSNF. To enter for a chance to win a trip for two to a Sunday Night Football game next season, Check out our watch party schedule. We're going to one more break when we're back. We've got some early lines for week five. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all the customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, let's look at some early lines courtesy of our good friends at DraftKings. Jay, what do you have your eyes on at the top of this week? I'm going to make a big call, Connor. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to make it anyway. I think the Jags are going to beat the Bills outright in London. I really like the way that the Jags play against the Falcons. I think they turned the corner. That defense is playing really well with Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. Josh Allen quietly is the Jacksonville Josh Allen, who, by the way, destroyed the Buffalo Josh Allen last time they played. Uh, He is playing extremely well. Lawrence, I think that his play has been better than his results so far. And the Bills quietly, Tredavious White done for the season. They're really thin at corner at the moment. And also Jordan Poyer has been out too, so I worry a bit about their secondary. But here's the main thing. You know when weird stuff happens? Weird stuff happens when one team has to fly eight hours to London and the other team's already there and has been there for a week and isn't as affected by travel. So I think that's a big factor. Uh, The fact that the Jags have stayed over in London, they should be fresher, and uh, I think they're going to pull an upset. Ooh, I like that call. I like that call. So... um I'm going to go back to this Texans-Falcons game that we've been talking about. It opened up at three and a half and then moved to two and a half. It's now down to Falcons minus two. But I think the Texans win this game. Like, and I definitely like them getting two points. I don't understand this. I, I mean, just think about it, right? So the Jaguars beat, you know, fairly handily last week in, in London, the, the Atlanta Falcons. Two weeks ago, Houston beat the Jaguars by 20. Houston has won two straight. Atlanta has lost two straight. I don't. I think we can all sit here and agree. Even even Lawrence Jackson, who's like third cousin, is Desmond Ritter. Like they're super <laughs> close. He defends him like a family member. Even I think we can agree that Desmond Ritter CJ, is his father. CJ Stroud is better than Desmond Ritter significantly. So the idea that like I know you've you've often said that home field these days is worth about a point point and a half. Yep. The game's in Atlanta. So you're telling me that Desmond Ritter and CJ Stroud at this point are a pick'em, and I don't think that's anywhere close to being accurate. 
Again, the, the Texans defense has played really well. Their offensive line is getting healthy, as we talked about. Uh, How, Howard and, and Tunsil are back this week. I, this line is shocking to me. I mean, and obviously you're seeing it already bet down. I bet it'll be a pick by the time game comes around. But, yeah, give me, the, give me the Texans to win outright at plus money, but also just if we're talking lines – I'll take the two points. Yep, no, I like it. I think the question is how good is this Houston defense? I think the offense is real. Stroud's just really yeah. good. Collins, Dell, really good. Offensive line getting better. I'm not sure about this defense. It might be solid, and if it's solid, then they win this it's game. It's been plucky. It's yep. been it's yeah. been it's held its own, obviously. Yep. I mean the Steelers are a disaster, but like it shut down it it shut down Jacksonville a little bit, right? You know, so again, it's not like lot. Baltimore absolutely lit them up either. But that's Baltimore. Well, yeah, but and exactly. Did, that yeah. was Baltimore, right? Baltimore in week one, and then you know it, whatever. And, and week two it was Indianapolis and Gardner Minshew. But okay, anyway. uh, uh, I'm interested. In, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. The Ravens at Steelers. Mm. Ravens minus four, which is weird to me because the Steelers they've they've haven't really had anything positive despite being two and two. I feel like they got lucky in a couple of games. But this 38 and a half is what's interesting to me as well. This is two times in a row the Ravens have the lowest total in a week. So I think the Ravens go 30, Steelers get 10. It goes over by a little bit. Guys, I'm looking at the Jets-Broncos game going over 43 right now. Broncos defense, terrible. Jets have DJ Reed in concussion protocol. They could be without their number two corner. They're already missing their number three corner in Brandon Eck- or four corner in Brandon Eckles. So no backup. This game's personal between Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. Both sides will empty the bag and try to get as many points possible. I like that call. It's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Jay Lawrence and Connor, I'm Matthew. Peace out. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.